welcome back, everybody. It's time to meet our community, the Hispanic business community here in Orange County. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center. With the most innovative guy I know here, John Gutierrez. Welcome. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, everyone, for listening again to our community podcast show powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, John Gutierrez, Senior Vice President here at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We once again have some great guests who are part of our chamber of course dignity memorial a strong a very powerful and just an amazing organization helping families throughout with us today we have rodrigo rod gomez he's market managing director of dignity memorial with orange county and the major san diego area and we have eloisa walker market sales manager for orange county welcome rodrigo rod and welcome eloisa Thank, Thank you. you very much, John. Thank you for uh, having us. We're excited to have you guys. I think today's show is really going to be about some really important topics that maybe some people don't want to talk about it, but I think it's important that we share the importance of pre-planning, of course. Um, but I also want to talk about these great programs that you have with the homeless veterans, the police, the fire. I think there's going to be some great stories there. And so first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining our chamber. We're excited to have you guys on board. Thank you very much. We're very happy to be here today. Happy to be here today and also proud to be a member. Tell us a little bit about how you guys got into this whole industry, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about that. Because on our show, we like to, to talk a little bit about how you ended up in this position or in this career. Sure. So for me, you know, I experienced a loss of my own and went through the grieving process. And I found that in going through that, I found a, a niche, a, a something that I could do as a profession that is meaningful and has an impact on people's lives. You know, I came from hospitality, I came from entertainment, I came from lots of different places, but all of it, I think, was in preparation for my time in funeral service. So I found this program, Mortuary Science Program at Cypress, at Cypress College. Okay. Yeah, and I went through and, and did really well, and then I just you know hit put my head down and joined a company, and just been working my way through the ranks since. I started as a part timer while I was in school, and now I'm the managing director for a, a pretty large territory. Awesome, that's yeah. great. Congratulations. So obviously, there's a passionate side to why you're in this industry. Yes, yes, passion to help others go through a really dark time, a difficult day, and make it just a little bit better. Exactly. Uh, anything we can do to provide a, a higher level of service or anticipate the needs that they have and having been through it. And many of our people have been through it as well, which makes them that much more compassionate when, when we serve a family. Louisa, tell us a little bit about you. How did you get into in this industry? So I was in the insurance industry for about 17 years and someone really close to me passed away. Oh, wow. And I immediately realized being in the insurance industry, I needed to do something because when you're in insurance, you're helping families yeah. and car insurance, home insurance and all that other jazz. But I quickly realized that I wasn't doing anything to protect families against the inevitable. So I thought, okay, I need to do something. And uh, somehow, some way, a recruiter called me and said, wanted to invite me to an open house at Fairhaven. And I said, what's Fairhaven? Oh, it's a cemetery. Well, what do you all do? Cemetery and mortuary planning. And I thought, yeah, I want to go. So I went to the open house and I was just sold. And I thought, oh my gosh, why are people not talking about this? Yes. Joined the company part-time as a counselor and 
same, you know, kind of moved up in the ranks. And it's the best decision I ever took. Left the insurance industry and just uh, started protecting families. So you're here in Orange County? I am. If I'm correct? Mm -hmm. When you say Orange County, what does that mean? Like, what do you do? If you don't mind elaborating a little bit on that. Sure. So my current position is market sales manager, working in the pre-planning department. And what our teams do, we are just a group of counselors out in the community, whether it's at the store with the tabletop information table, knocking on your doors and trying to just let people know what we do. Obviously, when the need is at the door, right, you have families coming into the location. But if you wake up in the morning and there's no immediate need, um, they're not going to come to our office. So we're out there in the community letting them know the importance of prearranging in advance and letting them know about the benefits of pre-planning with Dignity Memorial. Yes, and, and I know you cover, is it you oversee everything from Orange County and San Diego? Orange County and Northern San Diego. Northern San Diego, that's a, that's a big area to cover. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's 13 funeral homes, six cemeteries, five crematories, wow. and, and a flower shop. Man, we got the big dog with us. <laughs> Man, thank you for being here. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an honor for us. Well, I'll tell you what, this is dear to my heart because as many people know as part of the chamber, you know, I'm in hospice. We've been in hospice for many years uh, through ROC hospice. And we see a lot of the family dynamics that happen when people are at the end of their life and the stress that families, are, especially those that unfortunately are told you have stage four pancreatic cancer yeah. and it just takes you within like a month or two. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very scary, right? And so when people aren't prepared for what's next, right? It can be very overwhelming, like you mentioned earlier, right? What happens when somebody just calls you and says, this is happening? What's the steps um, for those people that are listening so they can have an understanding of why, because you're really there, like you said, at a dark time, right? And you're there to help them. Sure, so if they're calling ahead of time before the passings occurred, we begin a conversation about prearrangements. And, and the three, I'll, I'll touch on the three core elements, or I guess maybe our value proposition and prearrangements is, is that it locks in the price, right? So it secures the price. It secures your wishes so that they, they will be executed faithfully when you pass away. And it takes the burden off of your family. But when a family calls, and I think you probably got a, a story or two about the difference between mm-hmm. a family that's prearranged and not. Yeah, so I was sharing that there was a a young lady that we met and she was interested in pre-arranging. And when we asked her, you know, what prompted you, because she was fairly young, what prompted you to to get some information? And she said, well, my mom passed away some years ago and I had no family to support me and I had to cremate her. And I said, oh, okay, I'm really sorry. She said, the thing is, she was very clear with me and said, please make sure I don't get cremated when I pass away. And she said, I don't know if I'll ever forgive myself for that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, walked her through this and I said, you know, you did what you could do. But, you know, it was really unfortunate because I can see the pain in, in, her, in, her, in her eyes. And she had little ones and she said, what I don't want, I'm a single mom. What I don't want is to leave this to my kids. So this is why I'm prearranging. And I mean... People have different reasons for prearranging, some more impactful than others, right? But those stories are what just continue to push us to just meet more families and explain how this works, right? The, the programs that we have and the, the, the ease of having this conversation that it's, it shouldn't be a difficult conversation. It should be a very a conversation of love. 
right? Because when you love your family and you love those around you, you'll do anything to ensure that they don't have to go through something so difficult, right? So just having this simple conversation of, of prearranging and what's your final wishes? I know Paul mentioned here earlier, he calls it planning your last party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Irish. Isn't that what it is? You want to go out with the, the way you want to go out, right? And I think I think we have to, to some extent, say as much as this is very serious, right? I know in our culture, in the Hispanic culture, we've joked about, hey, if I can pre-plan the mariachi mm-hmm. or la banda, mm-hmm. why not, right? Why not, you know, and not leave that burden to my children, right? Or my wife mm-hmm. or whoever it is that's left behind with the burden of how much is it going to cost me to pay for this, right? That's Where is right. this going to happen? How soon? When? You know, why put that stress uh, on your loved ones, right? Exactly. Right. And, and another little story of coming out of the arrangement rooms in our locations, we see families come to us with pre-arrangements and without. And what we've noticed, what we've found, is that when there's a pre-arrangement in place that's funded, and a lot of the selections have already been made, the conversation in that room is different, mm-hmm. right? It's more centered around the party, about maybe decorations and decor and personalizing the event. In the other room where there's no plan, mm-hmm. there's this looming question, yeah. am I doing the right thing? Exactly. Right? There's yeah. a little bit of doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Would yeah, mom a, have liked this? Yeah. Not only that, then everybody's kind of figuring out who's going to pay for this. Exactly. And how much is it going to cost again? Exactly. And now we're talking about th- that plan B, right? Like, how do we fund this? Do we do a GoFundMe page? Do we start the car washes? Do we start having, in our culture, the kermeses, right? Yes. Like, everybody's trying to figure out how do we come up with this money? And it's like, We'll be back. Let's let me go figure this out. And it's it's so unfair. I think Paul wanted to mention something. Sure. You know, this is like the last taboo topic. We can talk about anything in the world these days, but mm-hmm. nobody wants it to use the word death or dying. We can't even say it. He passed away. We lost Uncle Joe. Where, where do we lose him? Where do we go? <laughs> Why do we not want to face this? Because it is inevitable, mm-hmm. and it does cost a bunch. And what I wanted to know is, give me some ideas. What What's a typical... From simple cremation to full-blown funeral, what what are you looking at? People are always shocked, and where's that money going to come? Maybe from? they don't want to talk about that. But maybe <laughs> not. But I, that's, that's the question always on my mind here. You that's know. why you have to pre-plan. Yeah, exactly. So then you make payments. You make yeah. payments, so and you, you don't have to pay it on the lump sum. If my, I, I'm, you're absolutely right. Right, and, that's and the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of to, the, to, your, to your point, and further on the idea of a party, right? We plan for all these life events. We plan for weddings. We plan for anniversaries. Mm-hmm. We plan for these big parties for yes. graduations, right? And sometimes we even save. We save for college. Right? And so this is no different. And if you plan an event, the last event in maybe your life, right, the party, then you can really get what you want mm-hmm. and you can take the burden off your family and you can outline exactly how you want to go. If you want to be Irish wake style, great. We can do that. That was my late father. My late father loved to have a party. He wanted everybody to cry. He wanted everybody to remember him. He wanted to go through the full Catholic service and everything here. I want the full deal. And he spelled it out, what hymns he wanted and whatever he thinking he wanted. And the last moment is... When you throw that party, I don't want you to go cheap. I know you. You're going to go cheap. I want the good booze. I want. I want you to display it so everybody is, sees. I want you to reach cheap. up to grab the whiskey. And bend <laughs> exactly. Well, and it goes back to celebration of life, right? right. Yeah. It's something we talk about a lot in healthcare. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about that in hospice, right? Celebrating somebody's life, their legacy. 
Yeah. Right? How beautiful is it that, unfortunately, yes, I'm going to pass away one day. Like, I, I have this conversation with my boys. My boys, are, my boys in high school, one's in junior high. And I tell them straight out. I said, son, I'm not going to be here forever. Mm -hmm. Let's just be real. I can get cancer tomorrow. So I need you to go to school. I need you to go to college. I need you to be ready and prepared. Right? And I tell them, that's just the reality of life. Right? We're not going to live forever. Right? And so we talk about, like, when you die, how cool is that to be able to have that mariachi? Maybe some nice memory photos, right, with your family. That nice speech, right? Whatever it is that you're looking for, at least you go out the way you know, like Frank Sinatra said, right? I did it my way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe with that music. Right. And so that is where pre-planning is such a critical component, just like advanced directives are. Yes. Power attorneys of health cares, right? Living wills. Mm -hmm. These things are key components of our lives. A lot of people don't do them, right? A trust, right? Things like this. And my dad was one who wanted things done his way. As he always said, there's only two ways to travel in life, first class and no class. <laughs> And my dad definitely didn't want to go out no class. And I only bring up the money because I know that's a sticking point. It's expensive. And, and to do what he wanted to do, there were costs involved. And he already had the niche in the memorial, whatever you call it, the mausoleum already paid for. I didn't have to worry about that. I'll give you a silly one that I'm glad he thought through. We're going to do a mass, so there's got to be a casket. There's got to be a body in the casket there. Even though he, wanted, he insisted on being cremated. So naturally, I'm going to go big. This I'm an only son. This is my only father. I'm going to go big. He said, what I don't want you to do is get a big fancy casket that you're just going to burn up. Now, I would have probably popped for another couple thousand dollars to do that. I don't know where yes. I would have got the money. Where I would have then had to save the money is on the booze. <laughs> <laughs> well, right? and I can touch I on that point. Yeah. When my father passed away, which has been 11 years already, his headstone... For us, it was important that his headstone had this color photo that my dad had at, that we took. He's really happy in the photo. And because we're Catholic, it has a photo of La Virgen de Guadalupe and has another photo of Jesus Christ behind. It's a really cool photo that we have. And, and so every time we go visit my father at the cemetery, we see him in this photo, right? We see him happy and smiling. And so a lot of it is just preference, right? Choice, mm -hmm. right? Do you want a nice photo? Do you not? You know, and again, it goes back to how do you want it or uh, set up? How do you want to remember them? How do you to want to honor remembered? their wishes? But it's be nice in the pre-planning if you sit with right. your loved one, right? Your wife or your spouse, whoever it is, and say, look, honey, this is what I would want. What, what is it that you would want? Well, this is what I would want. And right? I'll give you the different thing. Right? When my wife's father passed away. He was a great guy. He couldn't talk about any of this stuff and didn't talk about any of this mm -hmm. stuff. When we died, we're all flying in from different parts of the country. There's three sisters, and they start arguing. Family dynamics is dad what we call Dad would have wanted this. No, Dad didn't like that song. Yeah. we got to do this. You needed a social to... worker, Paul. Oh, my God. And the three sisters are fighting. In a moment of grief, yes. they're all trying to, to do the, the they right They see thing. this all the time, yeah. right, guys? That's oh a Tuesday God. for us, right? Yeah. That's a so, Tuesday for so you. To goodness. your point about your story, you know, I think under the surface there is the fact that you could have emotionally overspent. Yes, exactly. Right? And so when we mm -hmm. shift this conversation to that very wow. highly emotionally charged moment where someone just passed away. Emotionally overspent. Overspent, yeah. right? Yeah. We could have brought it back into the pre-need setting where mm -hmm. we're we're at a kitchen table and we're talking about celebrating life and we're right. making selections and we're choosing wisely yeah. based on our budgets right. and things that are important to us. Right. Yeah. 
It but wasn't I, important for the casket. I could have spent thousands, of, literally thousands more, and yeah. then I probably would have gone, oh, I don't have enough money for the party. He wanted the party. No, no, I'm not worried about what the casket looks like. But you'd have never known that unless he talked I about it. I would have never known that. I want to make sure we don't get too off topic because <laughs> I want to make sure we touch on a couple great programs. I know you have a homeless veterans program, program where you help police and firefighters or something, right? Yes. You want to share a little bit about those programs? Sure. So I'm very proud to be a part of this. Our company offers a homeless veterans program. We tend to partner with coroner's departments or medical examiners to identify you know, who's, a, who's a candidate. Um, but if, if we find that there is a homeless veteran in our community that has passed away, we'll step in and intervene and take care of their services, get them buried in the National Cemetery at no charge. Wow. Right? Thank you for that. You know, that says a lot because I can tell you in hospice, we have this thing where we have volunteers. And it's interesting how only a veteran volunteer can understand what a, a veteran is going through at the end of their life because they may have been in war and killed somebody and they're going through very right. major guilt mm-hmm. or grief already, right? And so honoring our veterans is so important. And I say that like it's it's something that we need to do more, right? So the fact that you guys are doing that, I mean, if anybody should be supporting you is everyone because you know honoring our veterans is very, very important. And of course, you also work with police and fire. I'm sure... It, I mean, with them being in the line of fire and everything they go through, exactly. I mean, that's something that happens so fast, so quick for a family. That's that's pretty also devastating for a family. That's a, that's another program, our public servants program, where we do something similar for a police or fire or first responder that dies in the line of duty. Right? We have we have locations throughout our area that will take care of that that family, and again at no to minimal charge. So the essential items are covered. If they wanted to upgrade or, or you know have a certain added things, then they would be a charge. Of course, yeah. But we we cover the essentials, right? Yes. So there's no charge to that family. Share with everybody how many locations you all have. I know you mentioned everything you oversee, but just so everybody who's listening and maybe tune in late, share with everybody all of your your locations and and how it's all set up, please. Sure, sure. So if I can just go back a little sure. bit and give a nutshell on the history of our company of, Perfect. of yes. Dignity and SCI. So, started in Houston in 1962 with our founder, Mr. Waltrip, Robert Waltrip. And he had a vision back then. He started with one funeral home, and then he added another, and then another. So, there was a small grouping put together. And he had a vision of, of finding efficiencies and elevating the level of service provided by sharing resources. Right, so he proved this to work in Houston, and then he set forth on an expansion journey, and that model has been what his, his vision has come to be. Um, so across the country, we now have over 1,900 funeral homes. 1,900? Across wow. North America, into That's Canada. That's amazing. These are places that you, that you work with, that you're, are you, you sort of contract with them, or is it a coll- collective or a collaborative, or how? We, they're all uh, owned by our company. Oh, okay. So we, we own and operate all those funerals. So if I move, that was my father's fear. We, he yes. spent his whole life in Michigan. Now he comes out here and he's like, well, everything I was thinking was back there. How? And that it's was an easy difference. transition, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah, one of our provider benefits. One of our, our brand differentiators is that we have transferability. So those prearrangements that you made with a with a dignity provider in Michigan, you know, they can follow you. If you move 75 miles away, they can follow you and you, they'll be transferred right over here. That's great. You know, we're That's... a much more transient society. We don't st- tend to stay where we were born as much as maybe we used to. 1,900 locations. And in Orange County, 
what are the local ones that for those people that are listening a lot of our members obviously we're the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce so we're in the Orange County area for our members our listeners what are those locations sure so uh, combo locations meaning cemetery funeral home combined we have Fairhaven Memorial Park we have Westminster Memorial Park and mortuary we have Harbor Lawn in Costa Mesa we have Pacific View in Newport Beach or Corona Del Mar. Okay. And then we also have Diamond and Shannon Mortuary in Garden Grove. We have Family Mortuary in Santa Ana. We have the McCulley and Wallace Mortuaries in Fullerton and Yarba Linda. Wow. And Fairhaven Memorial Services in Mission Viejo. Wow. That's a big coverage in Orange and you County. you can do it all from just many people. They have no cemetery. They're just a cremation service. And then you take the or at home and scatter it somewhere. And even that, everybody thinks you can just take it and throw it anywhere. There's rules and regulations oh, yeah. and stuff here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, and that's part of protecting also those that have left us from not being disrespected, right? We want to make sure there's rules and regulations there to keep that respect. I know we hear of many stories before someone's passing of, you know, like you said, Paul, in your case, your family all came together, and you might have argued or whatever, but you were all on the same page. There's family that shows up at the end that hasn't been around in years, and it can get pretty ugly, right? And so, at the end of the day, you guys were also there to kind of bring families together in the whole family dynamics, and I mean, you're kind of like social workers, right? right. I mean, if, correct me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes what, we're referees. You're, you're therapists, yeah. right? Like you're referees, right? Yeah. Listening to everything, right? Yeah, yeah, because it can get chaotic, and that's why the pre-planning is so important, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that, I, that I'd love to share about also on our What Makes Us Different is the Compassion Helpline. Okay. And when we're, we're, we're going through the process of grieving, people share it very differently, right, and go through different stages of, of the process. And what we offer is a line, a phone line where there's professional counselors that are available to take your call 24 hours a day, seven days a week to walk you through this process and listen to you. When you think about calling a therapist or a counselor, you typically have to wait at eight o'clock in the morning, schedule an appointment and see when there's availability as opposed to our helpline they're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week in your language and to be able to, again, help you through the process. Um, It's available 13 months. So from when the person passes away up to 13 months in in, uh, supporting our families. That's great. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you a question. I heard this once and I don't know if it's true or not, but someone said that you can set up where you guys... Like, let's just say, I don't know, my mom, right? My father passed away 11 years ago. She had no other family, no kids around. Can't get to the cemetery because she's elderly. You can set up where you guys are setting up flowers for that person on a regular basis. Absolutely. Which is beautiful, right? Like, Like, my dad loved flowers, right? So... This is something you automatically set up through you, right? That these are little things that I think that are important, right? Because elderly can't, they lose a, they lose a spouse, right. they can't get to the cemetery, they can't go visit them or something, right? That's where we see it the most, is when someone gets to an age where they're just not able to visit the most, like mm-hmm. they used to, or if they've moved away, and those, those meaningful holidays are, are still dear to their heart and they wanna have flowers placed. So yeah, we have a flower placement program throughout most of our parks and, and we can set up that for you. Now, the other point I want to bring up, yeah. even though I've got only about seven minutes, he already gave me the 10-minute mark, <laughs> is some people 
actually buy plots as a business, from what I've heard, right? Because they go up in value. I've heard people that are like, and I don't know if you're allowed to or not, but I've heard people that are like, hey, I have a plot, I'll sell it to you. And I'm like, really, you can do that? And I'm like, I bought it for this much, but now it's this much. Oh, is that something that's not allowed, but people do it? It's, it's something that it's, you know, no, it's not allowed. Okay. We shouldn't be speculating on cemetery property. Okay. Um, we, yeah, it's, it's- Like once they buy it, it belongs to them, there's a whole contract, right? They yes. gotta use it for that purpose, right? Right, right. It belongs to the, well, the interment right, the right to be buried in it. Okay. It's different than real property where you'd be paying, you know, a portion of real estate tax or, or property tax. This is the right to be buried in the in the park. I'll give you the flip side space. of it that my father was so concerned about, is that with land so valuable, they dig up some of these cemeteries and redevelop them. And my father was was horrified at the thought that somewhere down the road this cemetery is going to go out of business. Not dignity. They're a national. They're huge. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yes. So I think maybe what the the undertone there is that we are an endowment care property. Okay. Meaning that a portion of every cemetery heritage sale goes into an endowment care fund. And that fund grows and grows and grows. And it's set aside so that in that way down the road, way in the future, when there's simply no more space to sell, that's when that fund gets activated and the proceeds from that fund are what pays the groundskeepers the landscaping That's the great. maintenance the maintenance because he was afraid the cemetery is going to fill up and they're going to move on and then pretty soon he's just left in an abandoned old beat-up cemetery <laughs> Man, your somewhere. dad was really worried oh he thought through this because he really <laughs> legacy to him was everything well yeah and i think on the flip side of that what's really cool is when you have the the sections for the families I think that's really cool, how someone can buy a big section, right? And now X amount of children, father, right? Yes. I've seen that at Fairhaven. It's really cool how they're setting, they have one over by where my father-in-law is buried. And I, me and my wife were talking about that the other day. I'm like, that is really cool how right. it has a, like a little fence or something. And yeah. it's really nice, right? Private and semi-private estates. But we go there, I wanted to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the, the, the outlook back then, the, the planning back when, was for grapes because you know, burial is what was popular. And, okay. And today, with cremation gaining popularity, our our cemetery planning perspective has changed. Right. So, it's actually better, right? Because cremated remains is much smaller use of space, and there's a lot of spaces in our cemeteries to develop further cremation inventory. Yeah. Well, it's, um, Dignity Memorial has such a good reputation. I know I met a gentleman that. I was with you, uh, uh, that is still with you, right? And he gave me a call this morning. He says, John, we, you know, we met seven, eight years ago, and, and he was part of the Filipino Chamber, and he knows Ruben Franco, our president, and what a small world, right? I mean, people know each other in this community from people like me in healthcare to obviously people like you in, in that industry, mm-hmm. but it, they go hand in hand, right? Because yeah. we also know that our, our, our patients are gonna need your services. And so we want to be able to pass on to our families somebody that we can trust, right? Someone that's going to be good to them. Just like a doctor Mm -hmm. trusts us for hospice, right? Before they pass the patient on to us, they want to know they can trust who we are to service their patients that that have been with them for years. We have to pass on those families to you, right? Mm -hmm. And so who you are in the community as an organization, as reviews, you know, just in general, that says a lot. I mean, the history is amazing. 1960? 62, yeah. That is amazing. All I know is nobody I know my age even wants to think about death or dying. We can't (laughs) even use the word. And so we're going to leave everybody with this question. What do they want? Who's going to pay for it? What should we do? And and then at the worst time, 
I want to plan my last party. Good. I don't want to plan my funeral. I'm going to sign you plan. up right now, Paul. I want to plan Let's my sign up, last Paul. party. Please bring out the contract. <laughs> All right? Because I'm telling you. When you the, think of it that way, it's a whole different perspective. I want to plan my last party like the, my dad did. You, you said it. Planning your last party. You, I have your quote, quotes right here. <laughs> and we're going to plan your last party. But, but, you know, at the same time, how do people get a hold of you? Where can they reach you? Let's share that because I know we have a few minutes left. It's important that they pre-plan, right? How do they get a hold of you guys? So we've got a webpage dedicated to our group. Okay. It's dignityorangecounty.com. Okay, dignityorangecounty.com. All spelled out, all over. And they go there and they can contact you, yes. send you a message, email you. There'll be a contact okay. button there. They can fill out a web form or call the number. Also listed there will be all the locations in our area. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And, and yourself, I know you're always in Orange County. You're probably easy to be reached, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, same way. Just go on to the website and it'll get directed to the right place, depending sometimes on where families live. And we'll make sure we take care of our families. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guys, again, for everybody listening, please reach out to Dignity Memorial. We want to thank Mr. Rod Gomez for being here, Rodrigo Rod Gomez, uh, and also Miss Eloisa Walker, because this is something that's very important that every Buddy starts pre-planning, preparing. If you don't have this in place for your parents or your loved ones, and regardless of age, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Because cancer, it, it can just happen at any age. Everybody thinks when we're old, right? But yeah. no, plan ahead, right? right? Is there an average age of people that start planning that you see in the industry? We're, we're any age is a good age to plan. Okay, but we tend to see you know fifty plus. Okay, is where people really start getting serious about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think even though we're talking to parents and grandparents, the younger generation is also a lot more open to listening. You kind of mentioned earlier about the spaces and the private estates and how it just looks like it's something more for family. At the end of the day, when we're protecting the ones that we love, everybody wants to be together. Exactly. So, I mean, it's a family affair, right? We're all talking about it together. And not only that, I think it's beautiful. And I know i got a minute left, Paul, but... When I take my boys to see my dad, my youngest one doesn't remember my dad. So taking there, we sit there, we tell stories about grandpa. Mm -hmm. So even though he's not physically there, he's there with us, right? And so having a place to take, like my younger son, who didn't get to meet his grandpa, really spend time like my older one, that is so important, right? Because now when I leave, he has that memory, at least of his grandpa and hopefully his dad, right? And so again, leaving a good legacy behind, right? Yeah. Since we're wrapping up, I want to say one last thing to all of our associates that are watching. I want to say thank you to all of you for what you do. You give so much of yourself to the families we serve, and you are very much appreciated. That's a great point. That, again, shout out to all the hard workers, because that's that's who makes it happen, right? Thank you both for being here. Again, please reach out to Dignity Memorial. Go to their social media, follow them, and support an organization that's doing so much for our veterans, our police officers, our firefighters, and just in general to our community. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for joining the chamber. And we hope to continue to have a partnership with you in the future, okay? Fantastic. Looking forward to it. All right, folks, have a good one. Paul, take it away. Thank you for tuning in to our community podcast show powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Well, there you go. The kind of conversations you're not going to hear anywhere else as we continue to meet our community here in Orange County on Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. 
streaming live from our studios here at the University of California Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center.